0: Saturday, September 12th. On Saturday morning, Percy was running late. She rushed into Shady Pines, turned the corner toward the dining room, and before she collided directly into him, looked up into Adam's bright blue eyes. When they crashed together, he stumbled backwards into the wall and papers flew. Adam! Oh, holy crap! I'm so sorry! by the time Percy reached out to help him, he'd already recovered his balance and had bent to retrieve his mail from the floor. No harm done, Persephone. Are you sure you're okay? You mean because I'm old? He asked, raising his eyebrows and vaguely shaking his head as if giving her a subliminal cue. Percy couldn't help but think about his journal. Well, I mean, I would ask anyone if they were okay after I charged into them like a raging bull. Mm, You as a raging bull doesn't fit. You're more like a comet. Or a hunting owl. But I'm really fine, Percy, thank you. You seem okay. He reached out to cup her elbow in his hand. After she nodded, he continued, You're right, of course. Someone my age could break a bone by sneezing. But mind you, I'm only old in the traditional chronological sense. Everything else about me is... Actually, in some ways, I'm younger than you. And how young would that be, Persephone? How young do you think I am? She asked, smiling and crossing her arms over her stomach. Adam grinned. Well, since you're not in jail after your five-finger hijinks, I'd say 17. Wrong. I'm more than 17, but also less than 18. And you're what, 78? Oh my, not for a while now. I'm 82 by the rotations of this earth. But the other, more important measures, they are not quantifiable. Just described with the quality of young. By those measures, I might be old. I'm, I might be older than you. That very well may be. But I'll have to get to know you better before I can judge. He leaned slightly toward her and asked, What do you say to more tea?" If his eyes could make sounds, the room would have filled with the ascending strum of a harp. Percy looked up to Adam's eyes, but found his forehead. Was he shorter? His shoulders did seem closer to hers, as well as broader and fuller. His shirt even looked a little tighter. Uh, I would, but, uh, I can't today. My dad and I are going to the beach. She had a fleeting inclination to invite Adam along. Tuesday? Tuesday works, yeah. Um, I have a big research project I have to work on. Maybe you can help me with it? I just need to ask you a couple questions. I would be honored. Have a nice time at the beach, Persephone. I'll look forward to our tea. As he walked away, she felt slightly confused. He seemed different. Except for what was behind his eyes. In the dining room, Percy noticed that half the room was cordoned off. Huge party? She asked Denise. Yes and no. It's a wake. Oh shit. I'm uh, Sorry, I meant shoot. No, you were right the first time. It's a fucking shit show. Happens at least once a month, if not more. Someone in here is always going about the easy task of dying. Building up to it is hard, but the dying part is incredibly easy. You do it and you're done. Then it's up to everyone else to throw the parties, send flowers, feel sad, and say whatever they think needs said to whomever shows up. I still haven't worked out where I stand on all that. On death? On the management of it. Well, it looks like this person was popular. They all look popular when free food is involved. Oh actually, you just met her. This was Betty Barker. You delivered- Holy shit. I delivered her food just a couple days ago. Uh, now I really regret the things I said to my dad about her. So you notice she's intermittently cuckoo banana cakes? I'll neither confirm nor deny in order to avoid a haunting. What happened to her? What always happens. Her time just came as all. But specifically, it was an aneurysm. You hang out here and do what you need to do with that information, I'll go pour coffee. Percy wasn't sure how to process Betty's passing, so she tried one of her dad's techniques. She raised a perspective to a bird's-eye view. What she saw weighed heavily. She saw a big building in which people puttered along in holding patterns until the inevitable end of time. They made scratches and soft rock until they didn't anymore. And then wind smoothed the rock as if they had never been there. Later that night, she told her dad that she hoped Betty didn't feel any pain. He assured her that she felt nothing but a flash of nausea before things went dark. Tuesday, September 15th. Ever since Saturday, when she crashed into Adam and made his mail fly, Percy had been thinking about the widow's peak. She imagined herself climbing up the ladder and hoisting herself through that trap door. Each time the scene ran through her mind, the ladder got longer and longer. Eventually, the trapdoor led to a treehouse hundreds of feet in the air. So when Tuesday evening finally came, and she was actually halfway through the trapdoor, she could almost smell hot sap and freshly cut grass. Adam was standing by the windowsill, arranging teacups and saucers. When he turned toward her, she was saturated by the warmth of his smile. "'Welcome to my treehouse, Persephone!' His voice boomed in the space, rumbling like a rocket." Thank you very much. She sat in her chair as he finished prepping the tea. So, do you think you'll add this one to your website? Oh, this treehouse? Well, I hadn't thought of it. It's by far the safest and most comfortable of them of all, which makes it wholly unremarkable. But it has you, and that's quite something. You know, you make me miss Fort Knox. Adam stopped and stared into the swirling liquid. I think it's well past time. For me to go home. You're going back? That's great. It does seem strange to be so close without going to see it. I mean, it's such a cool... It sounds like such a cool place. Yes, yes, we'll see. So, how was the beach? Uh, it was really nice, despite the weather. Half of the time it was sweltering, and then, just as we were about to melt, it poured rain. As Percy talked, she surveyed the back of Adam's clothes. He wore a green oxford shirt tucked into khaki pants. His view from behind was disarming. While a typical old man ass is either flat or concave, Adams was bulbous. Well, then we got your rain on Sunday evening. The tink of a spoon let her know he was mixing cream and a tiny amount of sweetness into their cups. It was almost dangerous to watch it from up here, with the lightning blasting and trees pulsing in the wind and so naturally it was breathtaking. He turned with their teas, then stopped short and cried, Oops. He nimbly bent his knee and turned on his heel, swooping the teacups up into the air. I forgot the mint. Before he'd turned away, Habit forced her to check whether his pants had pleats. Pleats, pleats are, for, are geeks. for geeks, she and Kirby would taunt behind nearly all of their male teachers' backs. In that tiny moment... Her back-to-back thoughts were, Cool, he's pleatless. And, Oh crap, I'd die if he noticed my eyes on his pleat-free area. She gave him a very quiet, Thank you, as he rested a cup and saucer in her palm. So, do we have schoolwork to do? Percy couldn't believe he sat while holding his saucer with both hands. One of the unspoken rules at Shady Pines was to free the hands before the treacherous, gravity-ridden descent chair. His seemed impossible. Yeah, uh, yeah, research for my social anthropology class. Adam Hopped turned his chair to face her more directly. Okay then, I'm ready to give a good interview. Well, don't try too hard. I want it to be real. With a grin, he assured, real is all I ever have to offer. She chuckled and looked at him for a couple extra seconds to calibrate to his smooth, bright face. The lighting in that room was really incredible. Okay, so, um, please tell me about your first pet, and what it meant to you. Oh, I never had a pet. No pets ever? It doesn't have to be a childhood pet. What about those golden retrievers? Which golden retrievers? Suddenly, Percy was embarrassed. You'd mentioned four golden retrievers to the couple you ate dinner with last week. When you first got here, I think they're your neighbors? Oh, everyone hears everything here in Shady Pines. But no, those animals belong to a friend who ran a training program for service dogs, and I'd only met them once. I was just trying to shove some good sense down that crotchety old man's throat. He did seem like a stereotype. Sorry I was eavesdropping on you. Eavesdropping is second to imitation as the sincerest form of flattery. Well, it's just, I'm sure, same reason everyone else. I don't know. You're not really like the other people here, you know. Percy, I'm beyond flattered. Uh, so you didn't even have any fish? Fish made my mom squeamish. Rabbits were out because my dad considered them food. Hamsters were rodents, not even fit to eat. So why feed them? Dogs and cats caused allergies to one or all of us. Birds were meant to be free. Lizards had the same effect as fish. Truly, The closest I came to a pet was a caterpillar that I watched turn into a monarch butterfly. I kept it in a jar outside, fed it, and encouraged it as it was hatching, then watched it fly away. You're really adept at that keyboard, you know. Oh, thanks. I took a keyboard in class. I'm not really that great at it, though. I mean, I'm making all sorts of spelling mistakes, but AutoCorrect has my back. When I type much more slowly than you... I often wonder what life would be like if we had real-time autocorrect in our brains. Huh. Well, I guess there'd be less misunderstanding. Or maybe more, because sometimes I want to type a word and autocorrect gives me a completely different one. Indeed. The computer is blind to nuance. So, when you were older, out of your parents' house, no pets then? No, no. Pets never fit into my life. Okay, then let's use the butterfly. Tell me what it meant to you. That butterfly taught me that I should not meddle in the natural course of nature. As I watched that brand new creature, he gained altitude, he faltered, finally learned to use his wings for which he'd waited so long. And then in the midst of what I can only imagine would be pure joy, suddenly as a sneeze, he was snatched out of the air by a blue jay's beak. In that moment, I I learned that I really couldn't affect the destiny of another living being but despite that logic in my heart i felt i could never not try to help oh that's so sad and a great answer for my paper persephone felt him watching her as she finished typing up her notes she adjusted her posture and made sure she wasn't making a weird concentration bound face okay next question wait what about you percy what was your first pet Oh, um, that was our dog, Alfred. And what was Alfred like? Oh, Alfred was great. He was easy. He was patient. He always seemed to know that you'd take him for walks when the time was right, and he'd just wait for that time. And he liked his food, but he knew the difference between his food and a human's food. He never begged. He just watched. He did ransack the garbage can one night, but seemed regretful as he watched my mom clean it up then never did it again. And he never barked, only peed inside once, and that was because we all thought someone else had let him out. And he chose to pee in the very middle of the concrete floor in the basement. He was afraid to go down to the basement, the rest of the house was carpeted, so. Adam sipped his tea noiselessly, waiting for more. Still, there was something terrifically frustrating about Alfred. I didn't realize this until he was gone, but it was impossible to tell him how special he was. He never knew. Well, I guess he didn't have the capacity to know how different he was from other dogs. He was truly special. I I really loved him. I couldn't really tell him that, though, you know? I mean, I'd maybe tell him, but he wouldn't understand. I've never really thought about this before, but I think I gave him kindness after kindness treats and scratches and... The happy tone of my voice that I know made him happy. I think I did all that in the hopes that he'd see me as special, even though I was only ever just a mirror reflecting him. I miss Alfred. Oh, I'm sorry, that's more answer than you wanted, probably. Um, next question for you? Adam began swirling his tea, watching as it lapped up to the edge of his cup, just barely spilling over. Percy, it's mind-bending how much you remind me of her. Of who? My wife. He continued to tempt his tea to the edge. It is positively striking. You really take me back, far back to ages ago when words could transform me. In order to be transformative, words have to be spoken by the right person in the right order. Lydia never had a dog. She'd never said anything at all similar to what you just said. But she spoke with the very same sincerity, as if her heart had vocal cords. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. Of course what I just said would make you feel- No, I mean I'm happy to conjure good things for you. Adam smiled and rested his cup in its saucer. With a gentle smirk, he asked, how do I compare to Alfred? (laughs) Well, let's see. How well can you fetch me more tea? Adam leapt up, (laughs) snatched her cup, and spun toward the teapot in a 540 degree turn. Oh, Alfred could never do tricks. But how did you... I don't want to be rude, Adam, but you're very spry. Much more now than when I first met you. Or last time I saw you, even. And you... This is going to sound crazy, but you look younger to me than when I first met you. And you sound younger. And aren't you shorter? Adam chuckled as he sat and crossed his legs. Oh, well, I don't know about all that. I do feel exceptionally good, though. I'd like to say it's the food, but that's a culinary impossibility. Probably stress reduction. It's nice to settle in without a care beyond figuring how to pass the time. And you've helped with that, Percy. Probably more than you could fathom. He paused, cocked his head, and asked, How young do I look to you? Well, sixty... or forty, maybe. Must be the lighting up here. The angles? It's... Completely nuts, I know, but just now, out of the corner of my eye, I could swear you looked closer to twenty. How intriguing. Adam stood while he mused. I would quite enjoy feeling young again. He walked to the window to rest both hands on the sill. Percy watched past his shoulder at the treetops that rolled and switched places in the wind. Persephone, if it's okay, I'd like to give you something. He reached into his shirt pocket as he turned then handed Percy a black, velveteen satchel. After he dropped it into her palm, she untied the cord, reached in with a hooked finger, and pulled out a silver chain. When a pewter charm popped out of the bag, she lifted her arm and watched it swing. It was half of a circle, about one inch long, a half inch wide, inlaid with swirling, floral patterns. It was Lydia's. I'm not suggesting you wear it, of course. I just want you to have it. And later on, after... Later on, I'll give you my half so that you can share it with someone special. Will it fit? Came out of her mouth, but she didn't know what she meant. After she looped it around her head and lifted her hair out from under the chain, Adam leaned back to look at her. Uh Aha, it does fit. It's right where it belongs. With a jolt, he sat up and said, See? He unbuttoned the second button of his shirt, "'dipped his finger under the collar "'and pulled the silver chain he wore. "'He pinched his pendant, "'pushed it toward her, "'and nudged his head to encourage her to do the same. "'She tentatively drew her half closer to his, "'and when they snapped together, "'she forgot her nervousness. "'The engraved lines on his pendant "'were angular and geometric, "'but gracefully transitioned "'into the swirls and shadows on hers. "'It seemed like the two pieces had melded into one.' so convincingly, in fact, that she bent them slightly to make sure they were still independent. Magnets? she asked, glancing up into his eyes. Magnetite, the mineral in the brains of lobsters and homing pigeons that helps them find their way home. Her eyes dropped to the pendants. His fingers were plump, his knuckles smooth, and hands completely still and steady. She dropped her hand into her lap, but did not sit back. Thanks, Adam. I really don't know what to say. She raised her eyes to see his heavy frown. For him, the circle their pendants made held regret and mourning. She marveled at the smoothness of the skin around his eyes and how his rosy cheeks were outlined with the slightest scruff of an exuberant beard. I feel so happy right now, Persephone. He leaned closer to her, forehead first. He smelled like work and recreation. Goodness, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Their pendant snapped apart and landed on their chests with a simultaneous thud. When hers touched her skin, it was as if a stone had been dropped into a lake. She was covered with ripples. I'm sorry. That was altogether inappropriate. Um... She couldn't identify what she was feeling. Here was Adam, but also a stranger she'd never seen. Sitting in front of her was an 18-year-old man, strong and sturdy with Adam's bright blue eyes and confident poise. Is there a mirror in this treehouse? Why, mint in my teeth? No. You should see yourself, Adam. See if I'm crazy. Percy, as much as I wish it could be, I'm the old man I've always been becoming. His body is rickety and wrinkled and frail. He looked down at the back of his hands and stopped talking. He squeezed his arm from wrist to bicep. He laid his hands on his chest and patted down to his belly. He put his hands on his face, squeezed his cheeks, and pinched at the air in front of his throat. Where's my turkey neck? Adam hopped up to look at his reflection in the windows. Percy stood to switch on the fluorescent lights. What the fuck? What the fuck? He repeated as he turned to face Percy. So you see it too? Adam turned back to his reflection and said, And I feel it. Percy pressed her new pendant between her fingertips and watched Adam marvel at his reflection. A few seconds passed before they heard clomping footsteps. They looked at each other and then at the door as it swung open. A security guard stopped in the doorway short of breath and wearing a surprised look on his face. What are you two doing up here? Having tea. Would you like some? When Percy looked at Adam, she gasped. He was old again. Desperately old, wrinkled, frail, hunched and weak, he had reached out to the windowsill for support and curled against it like a wet paper towel. Percy dashed out the back entrance, dropped through the trap door, ran to her car, and sped home. Thursday, September 17th. On Thursday morning, Percy called Denise to tell her she was sick and couldn't make it to Shady Pines that evening. She hated lying, but needed more space from what had happened with Adam. Though, as she described her symptoms to Denise, she realized she wasn't actually lying. Her nausea and headache had been getting increasingly more intense for the last week, since last Thursday. But she still felt up for going to school. After her last class, she found herself back at the driveway that led to Fort Knox, At dinner, when her dad asked about her day, she told him Shady Minds was as boring and uneventful as usual. Love Makes Old New was written and produced by someone called Dora Henry. For more information and sound credits, visit lovemakesoldnew.wordpress.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave an iTunes rating. Thanks for listening.